Introduction, Part One, of Volume One, of A Voyage Towards the South Pole. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Cole, Medway, Massachusetts. A Voyage Towards the South Pole and Round the World. Volume One by James Cook. Introduction, Part One. Formal Title. A Voyage Towards the South Pole and Round the World. Performed in His Majesty's Ships, The Resolution and Adventure, in the years 1772, 3, 4, and 5. Written by James Cook, Commander of the Resolution in which is included Captain Furneaux's narrative of his proceedings in the adventure during the separation of the ships, in two volumes illustrated with maps and charts and a variety of portraits of persons and views and places, drawn during the voyage by Mr. Hodges and engraved by the most eminent masters. General Introduction Whether the unexplored part of the Southern Hemisphere be only an immense mass of water, or contain another continent, as speculative geography seemed to suggest, was a question which had long engaged the attention, not only of learned men, but of most of the maritime powers of Europe. To put an end to all diversity of opinion about a matter so curious and important was His Majesty's principal motive in directing this voyage to be undertaken the history of which is now submitted to the public. But, in order to give the reader a clear idea of what has been done in it, and to enable him to judge more accurately how far the great object that was proposed has been obtained, it will be necessary to prefix a short account of the several voyages which have been made on discoveries to the southern hemisphere, prior to that which I had lately the honour to conduct and which I am now going to relate. 1519. Magellans. The first who crossed the vast Pacific Ocean was Ferdinand Magellans, a Portuguese who, in the service of Spain, sailed from Seville with five ships on the 10th of April, 1519. He discovered the straits which bear his name, and having passed through them on the 27th of November, 1520, entered the South Pacific Ocean. In this sea he discovered two uninhabited islands whose situations are not well known. He afterwards crossed the line, discovered the Ladrone Islands, and then proceeded to the Philippines, in one of which he was killed in a skirmish with the natives. His ship, called the Victory, was the first that circumnavigated the globe, and the only one of his squadron that surmounted the dangers and distresses which attended this heroic enterprise. The Spaniards, after Magellan's, had showed them the way, made several voyages from America to the westward, previous to that of Alvaro Mandana de Neira, in 1595, which is the first that can be traced step by step, for the antecedent expeditions are not handed down to us with much precision. We know, however, in general that, in them, New Guinea, the islands called Solomons, 
and several others were discovered. Geographers differ greatly concerning the situation of the Solomon Islands. The most probable opinion is that they are the cluster which comprises what has since been called New Britain, New Ireland, etc. 1595 Mendana On the 9th of April 1595 Mendana, with intention to settle these islands, sailed from Calau with four ships, and his discoveries in his route to the west were the Marquesas, in the latitude of ten degrees south, the island of San Bernardo, which I take to be the same that Commodore Byron calls the Isle of Danger, after that solitary island, in the latitude of ten degrees forty minutes south, longitude one hundred and seventy-eight degrees west, and lastly Santa Cruz, which is undoubtedly the same that Captain Cataret calls Egmont Island. In this last island Mendana, with many of his companions, died, and the shattered remains of the squadron were conducted to Manila by Pedro Fernandez de Queros, the chief pilot. 1605. Jueros. This same Jueros was the first sent out, with the sole view of discovering a southern continent, and, indeed, he seems to have been the first who had any idea of the existence of one. He sailed from Colau the 21st of December, 1605, as pilot of the fleet, commanded by Luis Paz de Torres, consisting of two ships and a tender, and steering to the west-south-west on the 26th of January, 1606, being then, by their reckoning, a thousand Spanish leagues from the coast of America, they discovered a small low island in latitude twenty-six degrees south. Two days after, they discovered another that was high, with a plain on the top. This is probably the same that Captain Cataret calls Pitcairn's Island. After leaving these islands, Jueros seems to have directed his course to west-northwest and northwest, to ten or eleven degrees south latitude, and then westward till he arrived at the bay of St. Philip and Iago, in the island of Tierra del Espirito Santo. In this route he discovered several islands, probably some of these that have been seen by later navigators. On leaving the bay of St. Philip and St. Iago, the two ships were separated. Jueros, with a capitana, stood to the north, and returned to New Spain, after having suffered greatly, for want of provisions and water. Torres, with the Almiranta and the Tender, steered to the west, and seems to have been the first who sailed between New Holland and New Guinea. 1615. Lemaire and Schouten. The next attempt to make discoveries in the South Pacific Ocean was conducted by Lemaire and Schouten. They sailed from the Texel on the 14th of June, 1615, with the ships Concord and Horn. The latter was burnt by accident in Port Desire. With the other, they discovered the straits that bear the name of Le Maire, and were the first who ever entered the Pacific Ocean by the way of Cape Horn. They discovered the island of Dogs in latitude 15 degrees 15 minutes south, longitude 136 degrees 30 minutes west. Sandra Grant in fifteen degrees south latitude, 
and 143 degrees 10 minutes west longitude, Vaterland in 14 degrees 46 minutes south and 144 degrees 10 minutes west, and 25 leagues westward of this, Fly Island in latitude 15 degrees 20 minutes, Traitors and Cocos Islands in latitude 15 degrees 43 minutes south, longitude 173 degrees 13 minutes west, two degrees more to the westward, the Isle of Hope, and in the latitude of 14 degrees 56 minutes south, longitude 179 degrees 30 minutes east, Horn Island. They next coasted the north side of New Britain and New Guinea, and arrived at Batavia in October 1616. 1642 Tasman. Except some discoveries on the western and northern coasts of New Holland, no important voyage to the Pacific Ocean was undertaken till 1642, when Captain Tasman sailed from Batavia with two ships belonging to the Dutch East India Company, and discovered Van Diemen's Land, a small part of the western coast of New Zealand, the Friendly Isles, and those called Prince William's. 1594. Sir Richard Hawkins. Thus far I have thought it best not to interrupt the progress of discovery in the South Pacific Ocean, otherwise I should before have mentioned that Sir Richard Hawkins in 1594, being about fifty leagues to the eastward of the River Plate, was driven by a storm to the eastward of his intended course, and, when the weather grew moderate, steering towards the Straits of Magellan's, he unexpectedly fell in with land, about sixty leagues of which he coasted, and has very particularly described. This he named Hawkins Maidenland, in honour of his royal mistress, Queen Elizabeth, and says it lies some threescore leagues from the nearest part of South America. 1689 Strong This land was afterwards discovered to be two large islands by Captain John Strong of the Farewell, from London, who, in 1689, passed through the straits that divides the eastern from the western of those islands. To this strait he gave the name of Falkland Sound, in honour of his patron Lord Falkland, and the name has since been extended, through an advertency, to the two islands it separates. Having mentioned these islands, I will add, that future navigators will misspend their time if they look for Pepys Island in 47 degrees south, it being now certain that Pepys Island is none other than these islands of Falkland. 1675. La Roche In April 1675, Anthony La Roche, an English merchant, in his return from the South Pacific Ocean, where he had been on a trading voyage, being carried by the winds and currents far to the east of Strait Le Maire, fell in with a coast, which may possibly be the same with that which I visited during this voyage, and have called the island of Georgia. Leaving this land and sailing to the north, La Roche, in the latitude of forty-five degrees south, discovered a large island, with a good port towards the eastern part, where he found wood, water, and fish. 1699 Haley In 1699 that celebrated astronomer, Dr. Edmund Haley, was appointed to the command of His Majesty's ship, the Paramore Pink, on an expedition, 
for improving the knowledge of the longitude and of the variation of the compass, and for discovering the unknown lands supposed to lie on the southern part of the Atlantic Ocean. In this voyage he determined the longitude of several places, and after his return constructed his variation chart, and proposed a method of observing the longitude at sea by means of the appulses and occultations of the fixed stars. But, though he so successfully attended to the two first articles of instructions, he did not find any unknown southern land. 1721. Rogovine. The Dutch in 1721 fitted out three ships to make discoveries in the South Pacific Ocean, under the command of Admiral Rogovine. He left the Texel on the 21st of August, and arriving in that ocean, by going round Cape Horn, discovered Easter Island, probably seen before, though not visited by Davis. Footnote. See Vaser's description of the Isthmus of Darien. End footnote. Then, between 14 degrees 41 minutes and 15 degrees 47 minutes south latitude, and between the longitude of 142 degrees and 150 degrees west, fell in with several other islands, which I take to be some of those seen by the later English navigators. He next discovered two islands in latitude 15 degrees south, longitude 170 degrees west, which he calls Bowman's Islands, and lastly, Single Island, in latitude 13 degrees 41 minutes south, longitude 171 degrees 30 minutes west. These three islands are undoubtedly the same that Bougainville calls the Isles of Navigators. 1738. Bouvet. In 1738, the French East India Company sent Lozier Bouvet with two ships, the Eagle and Mary, to make discoveries in the South Atlantic Ocean. He sailed from Port Lorient on the 19th of July in that year, touched at the island of St. Catherine, and from thence shaped his course towards the southeast. On the 1st of January, 1739, he discovered land, or what he judged to be land, in latitude 54 degrees south, longitude 11 degrees east. It will appear in the course of the following narrative that we made several attempts to find this land without success. It is therefore very probable that what Bouvet saw was nothing more than a large ice island. From hence he stood to the east in 51 degrees of latitude to 35 degrees of east longitude, after which the two ships separated, one going to the island of Mauritius and the other returning to France. After this voyage of Bouvet, the spirit of discovery ceased, till his present majesty formed a design of making discoveries, and exploring the southern hemisphere, and in the year 1764 directed to be put in execution. 1764 Byron Accordingly, Commodore Byron, having under his command the Dolphin and Tana, sailed from the Downs on the 21st of June the same year, and having visited the Falkland Islands, passed through the Straits of Magellans into the Pacific Ocean, where he discovered the Islands of Disappointment, George's, Prince of Wales, the Isles of Danger, York Island, and Byron Island. 
1766, Wallace. He returned to England the ninth of May, 1766, and, in the month of August following, the Dolphin was again sent out under the command of Captain Wallace, with a swallow, commanded by Captain Catheret. They proceeded together till they came to the west end of the Straits of Magellan's, and the Great South Sea in sight, where they were separated. Captain Wallace directed his course more westerly than any navigator had done before him in so high a latitude, but met with no land till he got within the tropic, where he discovered the islands of Whitsunday, Queen Charlotte, Egmont, Duke of Gloucester, Duke of Cumberland, Maitia, Otahite, Imeo, Tapamanu, Howe, Scilly, Boscarwen, Keppel, and Wallace, and returned to England in May 1768. Cateret. His companion Captain Cateret kept a different route, in which he discovered the islands of Osnaburg, Gloucester, Queen Charlotte's Isles, Cateret's, Gowers, and the strait between New Britain and New Ireland, and returned to England in March 1769. 1766. Bougainville. In November 1766, Commodore Bougainville sailed from France in the frigate La Boudeuse with the storeship L'Etoile. After spending some time on the coast of Brazil and at Falkland Islands, he got into the Pacific Sea by the Straits of Magellan's in January 1768. In this ocean he discovered the four Farcadines, the Isle of Lancias and Harp Island, which I take to be the same that I afterwards called Lagoon, Thrumcap and Bow Island. About twenty leagues farther to the west he discovered four other islands, afterwards fell in with Maitia, Otaheite, Isles of Navigators and Forlorn Hope, which to him were new discoveries. He then passed through between the Hebrides, discovered the shoal of Diana, and some others, the land of Cape Deliverance, several islands more to the north, passed the north of New Ireland, touched at Batavia, and arrived in France in March 1769. This year was rendered remarkable by a transit of the planet Venus over the sun's disk, a phenomenon of great importance to astronomy, and which everywhere engaged the attention of the learned in that science. In the beginning of the year 1768, the Royal Society presented a memorial to His Majesty, setting forth the advantages to be derived from accurate observations of this transit in different parts of the world, particularly from a set of such observations made in a southern latitude between the 140th and 130th degrees of longitude, west from the Royal Observatory at Greenwich, and that vessels properly equipped would be necessary to convey the observers to their destined stations, but that the Society were in no condition to defray the expense of such an undertaking. In consequence of this memorial, the Ray Admiralty were directed by His Majesty to provide proper vessels for this purpose. Accordingly, the Endeavour Bark, which had been built for the coal trade, was purchased and fitted out for the southern voyage, and I was honoured with the command of her. The Royal Society soon after appointed me 
in conjunction with Mr. Charles Green's the astronomer, to make the requisite observations on the transit. It was at first intended to form this great, and now a principal business of our voyage, either at the Marquesas, or else at one of those islands which Tasman had called Amsterdam, Rotterdam, and Middleburg, now better known under the name of the Friendly Islands. But while the endeavour was getting ready for the expedition, Captain Wallace returned from his voyage round the world, in the course of which he had discovered several islands in the southern sea, and among others Otaheite. This island was preferred to any of those before mentioned, on account of the conveniences it afforded, because its place had been well ascertained, and found to be extremely well suited to our purpose. I was therefore ordered to proceed directly to Otaheite, and after astronomical observations should be completed, to prosecute the design of making discoveries in the South Pacific Ocean, by proceeding to the south as far as the latitude of forty degrees. Then, if I found no land, to proceed to the west between forty degrees and thirty-five degrees, till I fell in with New Zealand, which I was to explore, and thence to return to England, by such route as I should think proper. 1768. Cook's First Voyage. In the prosecution of these instructions, I sailed from Deptford the 30th July, 1768, from Plymouth the 26th of August, touched at Madeira, Rio de Janeiro, and Straits Le Maire, and entered the South Pacific Ocean by Cape Horn in January the following year. I endeavoured to make a direct course to Otaheite, and in part succeeded, but I made no discovery till I got within the tropic, when I fell in with Lagoon Island, two groups, Bird Island, Chain Island, and on the 13th of April arrived at Otaheite, where I remained three months, during which time the observations on the transit were made. I then left it, discovered and visited the Society Islands and Oheteroa, thence proceeded to the south, till I arrived in the latitude of forty degrees twenty-two minutes, longitude one forty-seven degrees twenty-nine minutes west, and on the sixth of October fell in with the east side of New Zealand. I continued exploring the coast of this country till the 31st of March, 1770, when I quitted it, and proceeded to New Holland, and having surveyed the eastern part of that vast country, which part had not before been visited, I passed between its northern extremity and New Guinea, landed on the latter, touched at the island of Savu, Batavia, the Cape of Good Hope, and St. Helena. Footnote. In the account of given of St. Helena, in the narrative of my former voyage, I find two mistakes. Its inhabitants are far from exercising a wanton cruelty over their slaves, and they have had wheel carriages and porters' knots for many years, End footnote. and arrived in England on the 12th of July, 1771. In this voyage I was accompanied by Mr. Banks and Dr. Solander, the first a gentleman of ample fortune, the other an accomplished disciple of Linnaeus, and one of the librarians of the British Museum. Both of them distinguished in the learned world, for their extensive and accurate knowledge of natural history. These gentlemen, animated by the love of science, 
and by a desire to pursue their inquiries in the remote regions I was preparing to visit, desired permission to make a voyage with me. The Admiralty readily complied with a request that promised such advantage to the Republic of Letters. They accordingly embarked with me, and participated in all the dangers and sufferings of our tedious and fatiguing navigation. The voyages of Messrs. de Serville, Kerguelen, and Marion, of which some account is given in the following work, did not come to my knowledge time enough to afford me any advantage. And as they have not been communicated to the world in a public way, I can say little about them, or about two other voyages, which I am told, have been made by the Spaniards, one to Easter Island in the year 1769, and the other to Otaheite in 1775. End of Introduction Part 1